Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower World Level. I'm your host, Moshi. Why? I don't know. I'm laughing because that intro sounded crazy. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes. I'm Patrizio. I don't have anything for you this you week. You don't have a tagline, nothing this week? Damn it. You know why? After our conversation last week and you were telling me how I love a tagline, I'm done with taglines. You're the tagline king. I'm done with it. Finished. Uh, well, well, this week we're going to be talking about the Real Housewives of Potomac and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. But I'm really hoping that one of the things that you cover this week, whether it's in Word on the Street or whether it's in the Potomac discussion, is that the Real Housewives of Potomac taglines were finally revealed that you've been waiting for. Well, let's get to the word on the street in that case, Marshall. All right. So it's in your word on the street. All right, I'm ready. Word on the street is that Bravo has decided to do us all dirty and drop these terrible taglines for Real Housewives of Potomac. The way I waited four episodes to this crap. Wow. Why do you like them? Like where is this overall disgust for the Real Housewives of Potomac taglines coming from? Because they're crap. Okay, let's well, them. I've never seen you have. I, I'm gonna no. Back. We're gonna start, Moshi. You know where we're gonna start. Right. I'm gonna tell you what my favorite one is, and you are going to be so shocked and aghast. Like the the pod may end in the next thirty seconds. Oh gosh. Okay. Hey, maybe you go first. What was your favorite tagline? So I just want to say that. I thought the taglines were pretty good. Overall. Which I just want to say, normally when I think the dresses are really good on the reunions, yeah. I mean, it says a lot. <laughs> I know. So I, and, and I attest that the taglines are your babies and the fashions are my babies when it comes to the housewives. Um, so it is quite possible that I know nothing Jon Snow. Like I totally lean into that. Um, I think I hate to say this, but I think I do like I'm pretty petty and always sitting on ready. I think for Giselle, where is the lie? You know, it's acceptable. Acceptable. What what would what about it would you were you expecting? Do you not like the fact that it rhymes? Do you not like the fact that it's truthful? Um, well, look, I I think. Giselle's, I mean, it's only been, I think it was only the first three seasons that she did the whole, like, word on the street tagline. Okay. I think, like, that should have been her thing. It's like Kyle talks uh, about Beverly Hills or in this town. Like, So you just feel like, what's the right way to put it? You You feel let down. You feel like you are not consulted. Like somebody has just pulled the wool from under your eyes. Your expectations have not been met. I just think that these women are so successful at what they do, the way that they just were done dirty with these taglines. I just don't think they are, they're not at the same level as these women. Okay. So is it because Potomac is such a good show, you're expecting the taglines to be better? Yeah. Like the, 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 like they have good reads. They have like, you know, like, yeah. They, they know their words. So, like, how did anyone say, like, I want this to be my tagline? Like, All right, so then what's your favourite tagline? So my favourite tagline is me. It's. Okay. 
I may not remember everything, but you'll never forget me. Because, like, I just love that Mia is just so fucking dumb. Like, (laughs) But how is that different from I'm pretty, petty, and always sitting on ready? To me, it's the same thing. Because Mia is the queen of not remembering shit. And, like, it's funny to me. But Giselle is pretty and she's petty and she's always sitting on ready. (laughs) It was just, for me, Mia leaning into, like, the mess of a housewife that that she is. That's what I mean. So Mia's is funny. Like, it's got a comedic element. I was just, like... You know what the comedic element is? They were like, Mia, we want you to say, I may not remember everything. And she was like, sure, okay, I'll say it. So you definitely don't think she wrote her own tagline? That's the other thing I'm hearing here. I don't think any of them write their own taglines. So you don't think that you may think you know my story, but there's always a plot twist was written by Ashley. Like, that is the shittest tagline ever. Surely that was written by That's her. what I mean. Like, who did them dirty here? I don't think they that they... did themselves dirty. No, I don't think that they write their own. I don't... There's, like... I'm a Nigerian queen with no time for mean. Wendy wrote that herself, okay? <laughs> did you see the whole controversy this week over Karen's tagline, which is just, like, a three-week, I burn slow and never waver, and Robin Dixon came out saying that a three-week burns faster than any other kind of candle. (laughs) I mean, and that's the beauty of it. That's what we want to see. And then Karen had to come out with, like, a Google screenshot of, like, do three-week, like, candles burn faster. Come on. I mean, this is why Potomac is brilliant. But this is what I mean, like the way that we even have to litigate the like the tagline. <laughs> Not litigate the taglines. Okay, which tagline is the worst for you? Um, I actually think it might have been Ashley's. Like, you may think you know my story, but there's always a plot twist. Like, I agree. Unless she's going into film, like I don't know why we're talking about. <laughs> <a plot twist. laughs> she's going into film. I thought she was going to film. Wasn't that their storyline last season, her and Michael are going to the movie industry? Well, and that's what I mean. Like, but then uh, isn't that done? I don't know. I'm just, I'm very well, uninspired. We'll get it. All right. So what else is happening on the street this week? Um, so earlier this week, we found out that Kim Zolziak's house had gone into foreclosure. Yep. 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 And then today we had it confirmed that the house has been sold for $275,000, even though it was like originally worth like two and a half million dollars. Yeah. Because I think you only pay when a house is in foreclosure, it's just about paying like the gap of the loan. Right. And then they just take over whatever their loan amount is. Yeah. But like, I think you hope that the, the house will sell for like something more than that. Like it's a two point five million dollar home. You'd hope that at least he's trying to sell it for like five hundred thousand, not two hundred and seventy five thousand. That's terrible. It's ten percent. But I think it speaks more to the way that the the houses are valued. Like the house is obviously not truly worth that two million estimate, and it's based on what the gap is. Like the bank just wants to recoup what they can recoup, right? Like they just want some money for it. Like it suggests to me that the house was never really worth that amount of money. Well, I don't know. It's a sad week. She's got she's got a family. She's lost her home. Like, and then she did the live that she was like talking about how she's still in the house. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. 
Patrizio, we spoke about this a little earlier today and I was really shocked at how sad you seem to be for this family. This is like not their only house. Like these people are not going to be homeless. They're not going to be out on the street. They've overspended on a property that's probably not even in their names. It's probably like in a corporation or business name. So they can just get another loan. Like sometimes people, they let their house go into foreclosure. You know what I mean? Like it's all on purpose. So they can avoid paying taxes and doing all these other things. Kim is going to be fine. Well, we're going to pray for her. You're, you can pray for her by yourself. Her and Croy and their 700 children will be fine. Asha's going to have to have an OnlyFans. What makes you think she probably doesn't already? Kim Zoliak's going to need an OnlyFans. I once again would not be surprised if they have one already. They've got other businesses though. They sell like makeup and body sprays and stuff. And I think like when you license that stuff, the like they make a lot of money. Like they're fine. Well, I hope you're right on this one, Boshi. Oh, I feel very confident that they're fine. But this is the thing when, like, the internet is like, Nini is, like, dating a new man, Cynthia just, like, became single, Porsche's getting married, Kim Zolziak's going into foreclosure. Like, where is the camera? Put them on Atlanta. And I think we will be seeing Kim back on um Atlanta because Don't Be Tardy has officially been cancelled and I think Kim always needs to be on a reality show. So I think we will see her back. Well, word on the street is that Sheree is gunning for her return. And either way, I have not even seen that, but I was just about to say she will come on as a friend of for Sheree because, you know, they both have the same face. Well, but you know Sheree. You don't get that reference. You never watched the early episodes of Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. It's a very rare moment, listeners, where I am giving a reference and Patrizio doesn't get it. It's normally the other way around. Those seasons were before my time. Before your time. Okay. But there is this classic scene where they're both ganging up against Nini and they're talking about how they're best friends. And the reason, one of the things that they say about that they really like about each other is that they basically have the exact same shaped face. Okay. It is the most absurd conversation ever on why people should be friends. It was fabulous. Well, apparently Sheree invited Kim Zolziak to the She Bash Race show, but Kim declined the invite. Because she probably wasn't going to get paid. And there's the mess. The facts. Um, but, like, just to round out this word on Australia, it's short this week, um, we had... Halloween earlier in the week and Ashley gave us the Potomac Queen post of her like dressing up as all of the other housewives on Potomac in their best confessionals attire and it was fabulous it yeah it was great um although I think she could have gone further (sighs) Come on, she did pretty good to get all of them done in such a short amount of time. I think when it comes to social media, Ashley is killing it. Like these other women don't hold a candle to her. How many weeks in that candle? 700. Let's get into this week's episode of Real Housewives of Potomac Washi. Please. It's season seven, episode four. 
I think we're in one of those like it's like it's one of those building building the storyline episodes, right? I think I think that there is like a lot going on without a lot going on. Like it's four episodes in and there is already like a significant feud. Like it's brilliant. The Wendy versus Robin feud, right? Yeah, but also Candace versus Giselle. Like there's so many things. Karen avoiding Sharice. Like there's so much amazing things that are happening in between the lines. Do you get what I mean? Like Mia, messy as all hell through every single episode. Entertain me. The whole thing is entertaining. Well, we need to discuss something, Moshi, which is earlier this week I made an admission to you that I am now Team Giselle. Jesus Christ. In the feud between her and Candace. Yep. And I think they're both trash, but the reason why I agree with Candace is because I know where your argument stems from. If you haven't already heard Carlos King, the king of reality TV on his podcast, um, he did an exclusive interview with Giselle, which was an amazing interview for people. Like Giselle did a great job, but she and she talks about how this thing, this issue didn't have to be a big deal, but the reason it's a big deal and the thing that she is not acknowledging is that if it didn't have to be a big deal, and to, but you have put it on camera. So the moment you put it on camera, you're making it something. And that is the perspective where I'm coming from. If it wasn't a big deal, she should have picked up the phone and spoke to Candace about it off camera. So for me, it's manipulative. Giselle knew exactly what she was doing and she knew exactly what buttons to push with Candace. She knew exactly what sort of reaction she was going to get. So I think when she says like, that Candace is making a big deal out of it and all this stuff. She's gaslighting Candace. And so that is why I'm not Team Giselle. I rest my case, Your Honor. Oh my God. Food for thought. That's all I'm going to say on that. No, but this is why, like, you messaged me and I was like, mm hmm, save it for the pod because. I'm not with you because I listened to that whole episode and I was like, Giselle is fabulous. I actually understand like everything that she's saying makes perfect sense. It's all true. Um, you know, and this year I think the thing that I'm enjoying about Giselle is, and it's from her tagline is that I think she is owning the fact that she causes mess. Like she's going to do it. She has said like, she's basically made it clear, like don't put something out there because I will bring it out. Um, First episode in with Mia, she's already had to apologize um, because she likes Mia, right? She knows that Mia and her shenanigans are good for the show, so she wants to stay on side with Mia. But she contradicts herself because in all of this stuff that she's saying about Candace off the show, I think in this episode she said it in her confessional, which was like, stop making it a big deal, stop giving it life when Candace didn't say hello to her, but you brought it up on camera. So you instantly gave it life. It's done. I think the thing for me that I perhaps was missing last week in our discussion about it was that, you know, the context, I think, of why Giselle was bringing up this drama, because it is a sensitive topic. Like I think it is one of those things where it's sort of like, you know, in the world of me too and, you know, everything that's going on, it, it, like, you know, 
the the Johnny Depp and ever heard of it all, right? Like it's so, you know, like hard to. It's topical. It's like stuff that's happening at the moment. It's stuff that we're reconciling with, yeah. And now that I've heard from Giselle, like just her, like I think there was more context that was given. I'm a bit more like, okay, I understand like why you were made to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. in that situation. And I think that's also like where I was coming from. I was like, okay, like I'm kind of a bit more team Giselle now, but just because I did understand her perspective on it. Um, and as well, like, I think the other thing that I got out of that interview too, was just that Giselle is so unapologetically her. And I think like, I was kind of like, okay, I'm on board with like who you are as a person because you know, it was that scene like in the season uh, like five reunion where, you know, Monique gets out the binder and just like starts reading out the phone number of Jamal and like Giselle just sits there and takes it and she's just kind of like, like I'm not like listening to anything that she's saying with her binder and all the rest of it because I think Giselle's literally at that point in her life where she's like, I, I've heard it all. Like people have like accused me and like, you know, like my relationship with Jabal and all this stuff and all these things, like she's seen it all, like it's water off a duck's back and she's just going to keep doing her. And I, I think I just have respect for that at this point. Yeah. I think there's two things that you called out that are so significant there. So number one, I do want to say that I do actually understand Giselle's perspective and I'm incredibly empathetic, like, but I think we were in agreement on that. I think we're in agreement last week that like, if it doesn't feel good for you, then it's not a good experience. And one of the things that we know to be true is that she did bring it up to Robin at the time that it happened. So it's not like she's just invented these feelings. So I know that to be true, that this is something that she's felt the entire time. I think that just for me, where she contradicts herself is that she expects something from Candace that I guess she thinks she would behave that way, but it's like, like I just didn't like in that interview, and I know we say this, but like she belittles Candace a lot in that interview, you know, saying that Candace is immature, she's emotionally immature, like all of these things. And I just think like if you're entitled to your feelings and the way you felt about something, Candace is 100% entitled as well to react the way she chooses based on her own experience. Um, but the thing that's funny for me is that, Candace, the thing that frustrates me about Candace is that when it happens to her, it's the end of the world. But she also, you know, I think Candace is horrible and gives it to people so unnecessarily as well. So, um, yeah, I, but I just think that Giselle contradicts herself. But I also, yeah, I agree with you. I guess Giselle is in a, this is the other side of Giselle is that because things for her are so water off a duck's back. I think that she expects that same level from other people. Like she expects that she can be really shady and people are just going to take it. And my thing is that one day Giselle is going to say something to the wrong person and we're supposed to give Giselle the benefit of the doubt because she's someone who can take it. Giselle is still mean. She is still nasty. She still does these little things that she knows that are going to annoy people. And for me, like, she's a pest in that way. And that's why, like, I'm glad that she is happy with who she is, but just because she's happy with who she is doesn't mean that she's a good person. You know, I don't like my housewives to be good people. Well, and there it is. And that's okay. But, um, I yeah, for me it's just like, 
I know there's vindication for Giselle, but we need to acknowledge that she is still a villain. <laughs> I'm calling a villain. She's a villain. She is a, what is it, the force multiplier. Yes, yes, all of that. Sure, sure. All right, so that aside, the Candace-Giselle feud aside, which is obviously ongoing in this episode as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Wendy of it all. <laughs> Oh, why is Wendy on this show? Let's be honest. Well, you know what? I think that this is the thing that, like, everyone is starting to talk about online, that the trailer really did not give us anything because I think there is truly about to be a huge blow-up that involves Wendy. And I... The way that all of the women, because I, I also listened to uh, Candace did do an interview with Carlos King as well. Um, that one. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, I think. And um, one of the things that all of the women who have been doing press have consistently said is all of these women are bringing it this season. Everyone has come, like, you know, to the table with something. And so I don't think that they would be saying that if they knew that like Wendy was not truly bringing something to the show. Like, I, I think that probably it's, you know, it's bubbling away maybe at the moment. I don't know, but I just, I feel like the ladies are shady enough that they would be like, everyone brought it except for somebody on the car. Yeah, and you they would I mean? pull her out on it. Um, um, yeah. But this whole thing with like the Nigerian like restaurant, this is it's Melissa Gorga and her baby. Like this is not a real thing. It's just yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's not putting the money towards her. Like it's just to get Patricia on the show. I think it's to get Patricia Patricia on the show. I think it's for Wendy to you know have opportunities to speak to Eddie and them to have these like cute little conflicts because their dynamic as a couple is really lo- like I love watching them together as a couple. I love their relationship. I love the way they talk to each other. I love the way they respect each other. Like it's just, it's a healthy fucking relationship, okay? And it's great to see. Wendy's storyline is literally like, why am I so successful? Like 100% and I love to see it. I'm okay with that. Um, But the feud is, is bubbling away between her and Robin. And I've been thinking about this and this feud between her and Robin, it's actually existed ever since Wendy came on the show, but it's finally hit boiling point. Well, I don't think that's true though, because when, when Wendy joined the show, I think her and Robin did get along initially. Initially, because of the boys, they were friends at that instance, but then the degrees and all of that happened Yes, and last season as well. Like, Wendy really did come for Robin, and I don't think Robin is over it. If there's one thing that Robin doesn't like, it's somebody who is a snob. And unfortunately, Wendy comes across snobbish. You know what I mean? Like, Robin is, like, so down to earth that sometimes it's actually annoying, as I think we saw in the family fun day. But... um, yeah, I think these these are the things like Robin just doesn't like somebody who 
you know, essentially parades like they are better than other people. And I think that's the that is the contention that Robin has had with Wendy for the last two, three seasons. And now she's done because, like you said, Robin has come this season. She's taking no prisoners. She's done with Wendy's bullshit. But Wendy doesn't think that she's better. She knows that she's better. <laughs> but I don't think she it's about She's a Nigerian queen. It's about just being different. There are different ways to do things. But Robin is done. Like Robin is wants to dead this storyline with Wendy and she's going to. I think they are a really good match in terms of conflict. So... Robin has organised this sad excuse of a family fun day. (laughs) And she has chosen not to invite Wendy, which we got at the last episode. Yeah. And this is just a really good example, again, of, like, you can't exclude people from the cast on these events. Like, that's just not how we do things. It's not nice. Um, you know, you're pushing someone out from the cast and it's not cool. And Karen calls her out on it, which I love as well, because Karen was like, I took a sick day and you guys got up to trouble. But the real drama in all of this is not so much that Wendy's not invited. It's that the kids are obviously excluded and this is like meant to be an event for the kids. Yep. And so Robin suggests to Candace that Candace calls Wendy and offers to take her kids as an auntie to Robin's event. I have several problems with this. Please tell them all, list them all. Like I agree with, you know, Candace and Wendy in this as well. Like you, you can't just be like, calling up someone and bringing someone else's kids to someone's event. Like, no, like we don't do that. Like Wendy's not, no, it's just not okay. I think I'm I'm like harking back to the conversation that we had last week on the pod where we discussed Robin's parenting style. And I think it's telling like that she came up with this suggestion it's because it's the sort of thing she would do, which is fine because I think if you have a close relationship with people like, you know, there are different scenarios. Like, for instance, I grew up, my mum would be working, um, you know, I'm a latchkey kid. So, like, somebody else's parents might, like, take us to the birthday party if their kids are already going. But I just think in this instance where the mother is available to be there and participate, to not be able to do that with her kids, it's almost like she's in jail and her kids are allowed to come. Like, it's weird. Yeah, it's that, yeah, like, and because what? And then Wendy has to explain to her kids why she is available but unable to go to this event. Like, yeah, you're going to have to go with Auntie Candace because I'm not talking to Robin. Like, I don't even think, like, the kids are that invested in any of the relationships with the other kids either to, like, really, like, you know, care. But it's just... It's weird. It would also be Wendy giving up time with her children. Like, it's... The fact that Robin thought this was a good idea, I just know come the reunion, Robin is going to get pummeled for this suggestion. Uh, I think it's like a footnote in this season, to be honest. But you think Wendy, this like prints out the most random receipts is going to have this be a footnote? If I know Wendy the way I think I know Wendy, this is 
the grudge. This is going to be the, the ammunition that Wendy needs. She's going to hold this suggestion against Robin forever. <laughs> Whatever, honestly. Um, I just, I don't know. And then, and then how Robin was like, Oh, so you're not letting your kids come. So then it is like, a, yeah. then it's not actually about the kids or whatever. Like what I mean, like, Robin's delusional. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, girl, like you're being so offensive. And then Wendy's like, well, I'm not sending my kids to that event. And then you're like, well, then it obviously wasn't about that. Was it like, what, what does Robin expect? Anyway, but I think you're right. I think it's the type of, like, parent that Ma- Robin is that, like, in her mind, this is a completely reasonable, like, workaround for Correct. the problem. But I guarantee you, Patrizia, mark my words, Wendy is going to come for Robin as a mother and in the at the reunion if they do not patch things up before by the end of the series and it is got like you should never come for people's parenting styles but it is going to be bad interesting speaking of parenting styles i think it's on the way to the family fun event um mia is in the car with g talking <laughs> about her mother's like drug abuse um yeah. in front of the kids Somebody, I read this, like, hot take online, and it's not my own hot take, I'm not claiming this, but someone was like, the way that she has pivoted from, like, the cancer storyline to her mother's, like, drug abuse within the space of four episodes because she figured out the cancer storyline was not landing, is, like, Mia is truly evil. I... There's a lot of things. I I still don't really understand Mia, but in this episode, Mia became kind of a narrator and I think I really started to see that Mia is, I think, the sloppiest and the messiest of these women and I think that she doesn't really like any of these women. Like she has no loyalty to any of them, which is fine. Um, I know we'll talk about it a little bit later on as to why I think this, but I think in this episode... Mia is just, she's gross. She's like, it's not just the cancer pivoting to her mum thing. It's the things that Mia just talks about in front of children. Like, you know, later on she brings, she's the one that brings up some of the conversations around Ashley's marriage and sex and things like that in front of children. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on there with Mia. All right. So what are some of your, your favourite moments from the fun day well I enjoyed so Jacqueline this friend of is obviously going to get a fair bit of screen time she brings along what we learn is her ex-husband um have you ever heard of PP before (laughs) her parenting partner not small penis as uh your favorite girl Giselle referred to it as like that was insanity well that's what I was about to say I'm like are you talking about the the PP of it all (laughs) which is literally but I think that was kind of interesting I think it was I really as much as I didn't agree with Mia bringing up the conversation that happens sort of on the bleachers with her Jacqueline and um Ashley when she arrives I did enjoy that conversation but once again I feel like Jacqueline is perhaps as well doing what she thinks needs to be done to get the airtime um 
I think like Robin, good on her for attempting to organize an event, but let's be honest, Giselle organized the event and made sure the event happened and that people were in teams. Um, Karen running away from Sharice, fabulous. Sharice looks really good, don't you think? Sure. <laughs> oh, do you, I really liked her 90s, like, you know, Levi 501s that are, like, slashed with the white T-shirt. Like, it's giving that 90s vibe. Like, I was like, Sharice looks good. Like, I think she's been looking after herself, you know. Interesting. Oh, what do you think? No, give me your other side of that. I don't know. I don't I don't think of Sharice. Why not? She is pivotal. There's only one grand dame to me, Washi. That is where my allegiance lies. And to quote Giselle, the grand dame was grand daming <laughs> <laughs> when she walked off. Oh, I I think that this feud with Karen and Sharice is completely one-sided. Sharice is like so much happier. We know she's like out there getting dick. Like she doesn't care about Karen. So Karen like not stepping up and grand daming against Sharice, like it's actually sad. Um, the potato sack case, this potato sack race was comical to say the least. Karen, no idea what she was doing. Mia also no idea what was going on there. How did you feel about the potato sack race? I mean, Karen's an old lady. Like, I don't know if she should be. She works out. We've seen her working out. We've seen her keeping it together. She doesn't work out. She goes to a gym to eye off the handsome men, which guilty. The way way you, like, throw her under the bus after just talking about how fabulous she is. But G was fine. G killed it. I don't know. Like, is nothing but a number. I just think Karen didn't understand the premise of the game. (sighs) Well, I mean. Was it even like a family fun day? I mean, like like for the kids, this really just was to like, I don't know. I think Mia saying, Mia finding every opportunity to shade the fact that there was no other husbands there and referring to G as the community husband, brilliant. Like these are the things that I really love. Like all of her confessionals with her little narrations that were so shady, that was funny to me. Oh, uh, where was Juan Dixon? I mean, but that's that's exactly why it's so great. Mia is just calling out the mess and making more mess. Um, I thought it was really interesting to see Candace and Ashley talking about Candace's IVF journey. Um, I feel bad for her that it's not taking the way that she wanted and Ashley, you know, sharing with her that she's, you know, put put in her journal some of that baby dust um, for Candace and Candace just being like, okay, and then being like, what, what the fuck is this baby dust like? Do we do we think that Candace is really serious this time about preserving children? Um, well, look, she's got money, and I think as someone who has money and is in a position where they can do it, like, why not? I mean, obviously. Chris Bassett's sperm's probably not the freshest. And I don't think that's how it works with men, unfortunately. Oh, no. I I don't know where this misconception came from that, like, somehow sperm is somehow. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I think we need to start to, like, reconsider why a 45 man year old's, like, 
sperm is perhaps not taking to yeah, the 30 yes. or egg, right? Like not you know, 30. Well, she's like 33 or 34 or something. Oh, she was 33, 34, five seasons ago. <laughs> I don't think she's like in her like late 30s, though. Not yet. In any she's like 36. Is she? I'm pretty sure. Find out her age. She's emotionally um, immature, so that's why I just don't know how old she is. Um, what did you think about the family fun day? Like, what were your thoughts overall? I, I mean, look, it's an A for effort. No, it's not even an A for effort. It was like a B for effort. It was about a D plus on execution. Oh, 100%. Um, but good on Robin for trying. I guess. <laughs> um, so some other highlights in this episode for me was Karen, just just Karen pottering around her house is, um, I'm, I find it riveting, her throwing out all of that chicken in the bin because she's allergic to the chicken. It's a dirty bird. I was like, why are you throwing out all the chicken? Why can't you cook it for for your husband? No, because she does not want any chicken anywhere. None of them are eating there chicken. A lot of, there was a lot of chicken. There was a lot of chicken. For me, I was like, you could donate that food. Like, if you're not going to eat it, just throwing it out. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. She could have cooked it and given somebody a meal. Like, it was wasteful beyond But we are totally, it's the continuation of her thought storyline. I think this is my prediction for the season. Mm. Karen is going to reveal her open marriage before Charisse can even begin to discuss it. I agree. And I don't think that Karen is going to do it because of Charisse. I think it was going to happen in any case, but it adds a little bit of spice. Do you think she has a boyfriend currently? I think her and Raven are sharing a guy. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and thank you for listening to this. Week. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. No! <laughs> Moshi! That is so weird on so many levels. I mean, look, I'm not going to kink shame anyone here. This is a sex positive space, but I'm just like, that is not the plot, like, storyline I needed on this show. It might not be what you need, but it might be what you're going to get. That's all I'm going to say. You watch this space. The way her and Raven Kiki, you know, you know that they talk about boys. Raven will mention some boys you hooked up with. Next week you'll be hooking up with Karen. I see it. Oh, God. Okay. Well, what about this? Ray and Karen are sharing the same man. Love it. I would live for that storyline. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, it's not even a man. It's a woman. Once again, you know, much like Ashley and Jacqueline, they don't know if they're bisexual, pansexual, whatever they are, they're just figuring it out. Oh, my God. Actually, and it's not just a man or a woman, it's a whole community that they are involved I with. I believe it. I believe it. Why not? This Potomac would be the franchise that gives us full polyamory. 
<laughs> I just this is wild. The way that we have just like thrown out. Wish like from our lips to God's ears, like make it happen. To quote Kim Gol- Kim Zolciak, ask, believe, and receive. That's her Karen's tagline should have been like just a, like a three-week gun burn and three flames at once. Like hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, let's talk about the other pansexuals. <laughs> Michael Darby and Ashley. Um, so Michael- I just want to bring out one one thing about Ashley that I've noticed the last couple of episodes. Have you noticed that Ashley keeps bringing new friends over? Well, obviously she's she's trying to make something happen. Yeah, like she's int- who, she introduced us last week to. It's like that other girl that was pregnant at the same time. Same as time her. With her. This week we're meeting her publicist who is also like her homie. I'm really enjoying this Ashley trying to let us know that she has other friends that are age appropriate. <laughs> That's what I'm getting, who have children and who are more her speed. I think it's nice that Ashley is like trying to let us know that she has like a life outside of whatever, but all these people kind of work for her in one way or another. It's very interesting. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, are they her friends or is she paying them to be around her? Exactly. Um, she, so she's gone this continuing journey of like trying to like lock down a property and then also to, to draft the comms around her, her split from Michael. Yeah. And we got that beautiful montage of all the bad things that have ever happened in their marriage. <laughs> Not that beautiful montage of all the bad things that have happened in their marriage. Well, it was it was Oscar worthy. Like the producers are continuing to serve the goods. A hundred percent. Um, but we find out that um, Michael Darby is taking preventative action. <laughs> at the family fun day and he has decided to get a vasectomy because he's scared that Ashley is going to try and impregnate herself. <laughs> I really love it. I don't know why, but that made me laugh. And I, once again, Mia's commentary where she was like, she should have waited till she got baby number three, baby number four. Check, 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 check. Like Mia. Oh, so messy. So shady. I don't even think that's messy. I think that's truly what Ashley wanted. No, but Mia is saying, like, when you have a baby, it's more money. Like, Mia was basically, are are you picking that up? That is shady. Well, you know what? It's more money, but it's also more mouths to feed. It's not like getting more money and that the money is just going into your pocket. Like, But I'm just saying that's what Mia was implying, which is why it's so shady. Mia's a fool, but... um. (laughs) But I have the jester. Do you think that Ashley was actually going to like knock herself up? Yes. Well, I don't think she's going to knock herself up, but I think, I mean, she said it. Like, I think she she has taken to motherhood in a really significant way. It's something that she loves and she craves and she enjoys it. And I can, and she's still very young. Like she, she could wait a couple of years if she wanted to and still have more kids, you know, like I I can see her wanting to have a bigger family. And I think Michael knows that about her. And I think he already is like older. He has older children. Like he is done with that part of his life, which he really should have considered before he married a younger woman. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, good on, I, 
I think good on him for doing what needs to be done to to prevent himself from fathering more children if that's not what he wants to do anymore. You know, vasectomy rates are on the increase in the US. Yeah, but they can be reversed. It's not like it's the total dead end. <laughs> I also think it was quite funny how Mia said that he's really doing it so he doesn't get other people pregnant. I was just like, Mia. Well, you know what? In the political landscape of the US, you got to, like, take action into your own hands sometimes. Well, you do now, I guess. <laughs> um, but as I said before, they've, like, drafted the note that's going to go out to announce their divorce. Um, yep. But it's it's been leaked ahead of time that they're separating. Who's the rat, Moshi? It's Mia, 110%. I think... He was asking all of those questions. Mia wanted all of the... It was Mia. I think it was the publicist. Well, it wouldn't be the publicist. It would be Ashley. No, I think it was the publicist. I think she was like, you know what? We need to, like, move this along. No, from an ethical perspective, you just don't do that as somebody who works in the comms Well, we don't know what her ethics are. I, I could see I could see Ashley doing it. So the pub that is the publicist doing it on behalf of Ashley because Ashley's trying to move things along. But the fact that, you know, Michael has res- resorted to like literally blocking her and like really doing all this stuff, it's an interesting flex. But I 100% think it was Mia. Mia, loose lips sink ships. So what's Ashley's plot twist? I think it's just the the plot. The whole thing was that we all went in thinking her and Michael like separated, divorced, and they're not. They're like living in the same house together. They're buying a house. They're obviously still intimate, which is why Michael is getting a vasectomy. Like, there's all these. Like, we are only getting one side of things, and then Ashley is giving us the rest. But who knows? There might be more to come. Interesting. Ashley's pregnant again. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, we are only on episode four. Yeah, but it's was recorded like six months ago. She would have had the baby by now. She could be Kylie Jennering it. True. Except for the fact that she's literally on TikTok every day. Well, I know it could be pre-recorded content. I mean, this is we're heading into real H and on territory I mean, right now. It could be with the surrogate, like, like deep H and on territory right now. Who do you think leaked it? So you definitely think it's Ashley, or you think it's the publicist? Yeah, I think I, I think Ashley's involved in this. Okay. I'm dead set it's Mia. <laughs> like, the way Mia carries it, like, Mia does not give a fuck. Like, it is Mia. I don't know. There are so many messy boots on this show. Like, it could be. Mia, Mia is messy without knowing how to play the game, and she doesn't care. I Like, 100% Mia it does not have loyalty for any of these women. Mm-hmm. That's why her tagline is like, I don't remember. It's, it was like kind of like, I don't remember anything, but like you're not going to forget me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on that note, let's take a quick break and when we come back, we'll be, we'll be back to chastise uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Moshi, we're back from the break. I believe we are to talk real housewives of salty lake city not salty lake city it's episode six of season three 
when do you think they announced the cancellation of this show? <laughs> I don't know, but I think, you know, we are watching until Jennifer Shah is put behind bars. Like that that's the only reason that we're watching this show. At what point during this episode did you realise that the only woman that you really care about on this show is Jennifer Shah and it's in, like, a positive way as well? I have not had that realisation. I did. <laughs> I was kind of like... At what point was it for you? I think it was, like, in the... the, the the third second, act, second, second. Yeah, the second third of the, this episode where I was kind of like, why is Jen Shah the only one that I, like, kind of care about? And she's also, like, the only one I'm, like, invested in at this point. All right, so let's unpack that. What is it specifically about Jen Shah that you care about? I don't think it's that I care about Jen Shah. It's just I hate all of them so much that she's the only one that's kind of palatable. Um, and I feel like we can't get into why I like Jen Shah just yet, but because um, I need to talk about other things first. Why did the episode start in the way that it did this way? <laughs> that, like, instead of, like, previously on, to get that, like, weird news synopsis, I guess they were trying to do something. I don't really think it landed, though. It was weird. I was like, am I missing, like, some sort of Utah reference here? Yeah. Or, like, is it a Mormon thing? Like, have I missed something as to why this is happening this week? No, they were trying. Every week they're trying to do something. You know, we're six episodes in. The editors, producers, they're trying to keep something fresh, but none of it is working for me. Okay. So I want to talk about Heather's new storyline of being the Countess Luann of Utah. <laughs> Not the Countess Luann. <laughs> the way that she is going to try and launch this singing career for herself. Is that what you think the the choir is? Like a I, whole singing career? I truly do. And, like, just it was a weird move that I didn't really understand where it came from. Well, she did try to explain that she basically wants the religious singing without the religion. Like she's living her best sister act fantasy. And I think that would be fine if we got any hint in the last three seasons that Heather enjoys singing or music <laughs> or like was once in a choir like 30 years ago. But we got none of that while she and I think this is the ongoing issue that I have with Salt Lake City. Yeah. That I find it really hard to empathise or care about any of these women because I feel like I'm getting, like, you, you talk about a peeling of the onion. I'm just, like, this is, like, random new information that I have never gotten any sense of, like, in this whole thing. Um, which leads me to just quickly talk about Justin, Whitney's husband. I'm familiar with him. When he started crying about being fired, I actually did not care. Because <laughs> I was like, I have got no rapport with you whatsoever, so why would I care about you in this problem right now? And also, like, I kind of, unfortunately, I'm team Lisa Barlow on it. I think they kind of did it to themselves. Uh, look, it is what it is. 
I don't think he deserved to get fired. I think, but I suspect there had been some conversations. <laughs> I, can you, can you, as a CTCB, whatever CEO he was, be on international television, like rubbing your wife in mud and doing dirty things to each other. Like, I'm not sure. And this is the thing with like, this is the thing that I'm struggling to empathize with as well. That like, I, I'm sorry if he was fired because his wife is a real housewife, because I don't think that is fair. Yeah. And a lot of these men are caught up in, you know, the behavior of their wives, which at times can be quite controversial. But like he was an active participant and I I don't know, it was like overly sexual in what is a very conservative state. And I just don't know whether there was some thought behind that. There's a few things for me. So number one is I don't believe the firing came out of nowhere. And I don't think a firing can come out of nowhere, especially when you're at that level. I do believe there was conversations that happened beforehand, but I think it really worked to their benefit to be able to spin this as some sort of vigilante witch hunt, people against them, people trying to police their way of life because that is Whitney's whole storyline is that she's constantly being told that she can't do this. So because she that she's been told she can't do something, she's going to go completely in the other way. I also thought that the way she relayed the information to Lisa, mm-hmm. like once again, like so for me that was the moment for sure in this episode that I realised that I was done with all of these women. There were other moments, but that was like the straw that broke the camel's back where I was like, this show is so fake. Like I do believe that none of these women actually genuinely like each other. I do believe that we spoke about this a little bit before, but you were right when you said these women are all trying way too hard to be what they think a housewife is supposed to be. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But Whitney is by far the worst at acting on this show. Um, And I'm done with it. For me, when you said before, who, why is the person that I'm most invested in, Jen Shah, and I said it isn't. For me, the only person who I'm somewhat invested in this season is Lisa Barlow. I think she is the only one who is, I think, being pretty genuine this season. I think we're, we are getting more of her, which is something that we've wanted from the get-go. Um, it d- doesn't necessarily mean that I like her, but I just think she is the only person that is bringing reality to the show. And when it comes to Jen, I just I can't because she's just talking about how innocent she is consistently and it's, too much. Sorry. Scene where Whitney's like to Lisa, he quit. <laughs> I was like, really? You didn't say that. She refused to actually say what happened. She said he'd left. She refused to actually even mention what the circumstances were. And the best bit was that Lisa was like, the whole fucking world knows he got fired. <laughs> like. Because <laughs> I feel like. Perhaps in that moment, 
what Whitney was trying to say was that basically I think they might have given him an ultimatum. Like, if you continue to appear on this show, like, you can't work here anymore. And he was like, well, the show's really great for my wife's business, so I'm going to, like, leave you guys then. But no, I think Whitney was trying to make something out of nothing. You give her way too much credit. She was trying, she was trying to make it, like, more mysterious, thinking that, that Lisa doesn't know that her husband's been fired. Come on. And this is, yeah, like I totally hear you. Like it's, they are trying to like spin it in a certain way, but that's why I'm just like, I I just, I, if Whitney and Justin were actually, you know, freaky, like swingers, like having like the best dirty sex life ever, like that's great. And no, you shouldn't be punished for having like what you do in your personal life. But I think the line is when you then make your personal life public, which is what they've done. Yeah. I just, I honestly, like I watched him cry and I just, I felt nothing, which really just is an ongoing theme. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for me, there were like just some really like the stuff that is so inconsistent on this show, definitely the editing we've called out, look, Heather, she's doing a choir, she's talking about her book, and then, you know, I and and then I think there is something in her behaviour, the fact that she seems to continuously, everybody has, all of the people who she claims she wants to be, who are her best friends, have an issue with Angie H, and she continues to bring Angie H around. So I think she's also taking some bad advice from a producer by trying to bring conflict when that's not her role in the show. She's not the conflict bearer, you know. That's not why we watch her. It's all looking really weird. Um, But then I think the thing for me that was so unhinged was Shah exposed (laughs) Instagram account. I have a lot to say about this, Washi. I thought you were Shah exposed. (laughs) Talk to me. What have you got to say on this? Like where to begin? It's a mess. Angie H is so delusional. She's on drugs, allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) When she was like the bad press I've been receiving, I was like. There is no press. Where? Where? There is no press. I had to, I wanted to Google Shah Exposed earlier because I was like, I need to catch up on all of this. It literally brought up nothing. Like there were no hits. So not even your husband's fake Instagram bullshit account even brings up anything on Google, let alone you, Angie H. Like, I, first of all, I'm glad Meredith showed up to work. Like. 30 minutes into the episode. When it was 28 minutes and like 68 seconds. Well, it can't be 68 seconds because there's only 60 seconds in it. Well, you know what I mean. But <laughs> the way like Meredith's role in a lot of Salt Lake City is literally just sitting there while these other women out themselves to be complete trash. <laughs> And she's just the vehicle in which they can do it. A hundred percent. I don't understand what has happened with this whole shark exposing in the sense that 
who is this 56-year-old man that was like, you know what? My wife has been railed in the media, which we're still waiting for the evidence, the receipts, like the the, the TMZ headlines. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, like, make a fake Instagram account and I'm going to talk shit about Lisa Barlow using that account. But then... Even though I'm only talking shit about Lisa Barlow, I'm going to call it Shah Exposed. That is the one bit where I was like, I was team Jen. Like, was Lisa Barlow Exposed not available? (laughs) This is what I mean. This is why, though, I'm team Jen at the moment because I'm like, you know what? She's done in this particular scenario. She's actually innocent. Like she has done nothing, but she's been brought into this like weird obsession of this fifty-six-year-old man oh, with a fake insult. They're fame. They're fame chasers. I suspect that Angie is really bitter that she never made the cut for Housewives and that she's still a friend of. Um, like she wants to be on this show so badly. And, like, they've got, like, a baby at home. When did that happen? When did that happen? When did that happen? Because, again, and just another example, just, like, I don't know, like. Inconsistencies. 56-year-old sperm that's out there making the fake Instas. Like, I think we need to let it go. We need to let it go. I just, this whole, yeah, for me, Salt Lake City, inconsistent, Everything feels fake. Everything feels like super processed. Like everyone is trying to produce themselves and being produced. Nothing feels genuine. It is really inauthentic. Um, there are very few saving graces and where there are, it is Jen Shah. It's Lisa Barlow. Um, Who are the villains? Like they are the pure, like the Jen Shark's case, especially like the pure evil. And well, like somehow is, they are the lighthearted moments. You know, here's the thing about housewives. Villains always triumph. You know what? I feel like Real Housewives of Dallas failed because... They got rid of the villain. Well, not just that, but they didn't realise that they are an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Each woman started to, you know do their own thing and just it turned into a show about like six different people instead of about a group of friends and that's where we're heading into Salt Lake City and it's like Dallas at least lasted like six seasons like I actually don't think Salt Lake City is going to survive another season after this like you can't have five women trying to do five different things on the show and that there's no cohesion and there's no like no sort of like helping each other like succeed it's and and i think that the other thing is that they are all so delusional moshi they are all so like they are convinced they've lied to themselves several times that now they actually think what they're spinning out is the truth like i truly believe that of these women i I think once again the show needs to be recast like let's be honest and I think next season, I think once Jen's gone and they tidy up this thing, like some home truths. One, Meredith does not live in Salt Lake City. Why is Seth in every scene with her? Like they need to go. But even like this whole choir storyline. 
Yeah, but Heather will stay because of Beauty Lab and Laser, which I enjoy, and because she is rich, like she brings the outfits. Can we just talk about the fact that there were more people on the judging panel than there were in the line outside to be judged? Embarrassing. I feel like next week, though, what we'll what we will see is a lot more people show up for the judging, for the auditions. No, I don't think we will watch it. I think we will see people leave because they are so offended by the behaviour of these women outside the venue that they're like, I don't need to be a part of this mess. Like they've actually, they've actually the only diehard fans that live in Salt Lake City who have come to witness the mess. My question for you is what would you have auditioned with? I mean, it would have been like Bohemian Rhapsody. It wouldn't have been or it would have been? It would have been. Do you know the words to Bohemian Rhapsody? Do I know the words? Do I know the key (laughs) in which it is sung? No. These are the way you said that. I was like, and there it is. (laughs) But that would not stop you. And that's why it would make your audition really good. I wouldn't. And the, the worst part of it is that the audition would be so bad but Salt Lake City is even worse that I wouldn't even end up on like a best of YouTube video of like auditions gone badly. <laughs> well, you know what, Patrizia, I've got one thing to say to you. Fudge college. <laughs> that is literally what I was going to say. I was literally like, you know what? Fudge college. Jack Barlow. I. I'm living for him. His face really is Lisa and John squished together. I just, every time they talk about the fact that Jack has this successful line of like men's like grooming products, I just, I don't know. Baby. I don't know what. I don't know what to make of it. I just, I'm like, are they, are we serious? Like, yeah. So, you know, the thing about cosmetics, the reason why there are so many skincare brands, like right now, freaking every man and their dog is bringing out a skincare brand, is because cosmetics, beauty, all perfume, all that shit, it's cheap to make. And the prices, like you can sell it for whatever you want. That's the reason why some things, you know, you buy the ordinary and you're buying like hyaluronic acid, it's five bucks. You buy it in another place, it's $500, right? Like it's all about the potencies and things like that. You can make a really basic like, you know, moisturizer, just like glycerin and some cream, some stuff like that. And it can cost like two cents to make because it's made God knows where, and then you can sell it for, you know, $15, make it really affordable so people will buy it. You know how much money you're making? You're making a lot. No, but I'm sure. But, like, are we actually convincing ourselves here that Jack is the one that is, like, like, like running this whole operate. Like, I don't, I just, I don't know what Lisa wants me to believe out of all of this. I do believe that he is in, so I believe him when I, when he says like he's determined to just like he wants to be an entrepreneur, he wants to be a businessman. And there is something like I I don't know about you, but like a lot of people who I know in my life who are entrepreneurs and businessmen, some of or business people, I should say, like serial business owners, a lot of them, you know, they did go to university, but they studied things that were completely different from the business that they set up. And they did find that like they were just ideas people and mentorship is something that helped. But for me, I'm just like, but you can actually study that 
at college. Like you can study how to be an entrepreneur. Like that is a course that exists. So to me, it's like, why not, if you love that, why not just go study it and be the best at it? Especially when your parents have so much money and they're willing to pay for it. I mean, I actually more more believe more non belief like support like least distinguish is like it's actually not even about you know what degree if you get one at the end of it like sometimes it is more about like the experience yeah. of like you know like you're gonna be with you know people your age and you're gonna make friends and you're gonna like you know try to live on your own and yeah. like you know that's the best time like i mean god i feel like i'm 100 years old it's like no I, you're absolutely don't have like promiscuous sex and like make mistakes do all the drugs jack like do all the things that i didn't get to do when i was that age no i agree with you be a good time girl that's basically what lisa is saying um no i think you're absolutely right and this is what i mean like this is an interesting storyline this is real life this is stuff that's happening um i'm here for it you know what was really fascinating was to see John cutting up to- tomato and then like doing like a Kendall Jenner. No, no, he cut it up properly, but like then we never see the tomato because you know how they never eat vegetables um, or <laughs> any sort of fruit. And like we see John Barlow cutting up a tomato and then the tomato just disappears. Like he isn't making any sort of meal. He just comes and hands Lisa a giant big gulp with God knows what's in it. Like the way somebody would give a baby like their bottle. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> Go back and just rewatch that moment because you will die. Did the tomatoes make it into the big gob? Like, is that that's how That's what it I'm is? wondering. Like, like, Lisa, that's how the only way she'll have her vegetables. That's what I want to know. Gulp. Is it mushed up? Is it <laughs> big gob? But why do we suddenly see that we see, like, the way the camera is only showing us this tomato being cut, it's not going in a salad. I'm like, is John Barlow making a sandwich? Like, where is it going? We never see it. And then we see him preparing the bottle for the baby and giving it to her. I mean, this is probably like something that's really normal that actually happens. But do you think like John Barlow just like chopped up the tomato and like ate it as a snack? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I do, but I didn't see it. Like, if you're going to show me somebody chopping up tomatoes, especially in the Barlow household, I need to watch that whole story. I need to know how the tomato ends. Maybe that's what the Barlow should go into, like organic farming or something, and, like, they should have a tomato line. Good for them. (laughs) Overall, Salty Lake City, Moshi. Uninspiring. I just, I don't know how we can improve where we are now like I'm honestly I'm I'm concerned that there's going to be no one employed in the Rose household very soon yeah true but I'm I'm interested to see where we end up with the other Angie and with Dana because they show up in this audition we're given glimpses into them but I'm like I'm done with Angie K or whatever her name is Angie H um Angie Harrington like her and Whitney showing up as the Bobsy twins in like their little flapper situations for the auditions. Like I can't with any of that. Um, yeah. I, it, they need to move it along. Well, and I think that's why they had to bring in like these like three friends of, because like, I mean, that's indicative, right? Like the fact that Angie H who like is 
so thirsty to be on this show. Like they've had to actually call her in to like move anything along. Like I think that speaks volumes about the danger that these women are in. 100% agree. And also I love that we always have to keep talking about that time we were all in LA, which is just code for when we were at the reunion, but we can't say reunion on the show because it's breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) Um, There was someone else that made the same comment about like next season of all these house house shows. There's going to be a lot of references to that time we were in New York. Referring to Rocky Con. I can't wait. Actually, some word on the street, Moshi, um, Ooh, as, as we sort of like, as we sandwiched this episode with word on the street. Um, Real Housewives of OC apparently is wrapping filming um, this week and there, the word on the street is that it could air as soon as December. We need it. Are we at that point, Moshi, where we're actually like Salt Lake City is not giving and we're going to have to get OC back? Just some, yeah, well, I mean, OC is, everyone's going to be really excited for it because Tamara's back. We know Vicky's been filming. Like there, there is so much, it's it's a return to form is what the expectation is. Um, we know that something's going to need to, you know, come out to sort of precede New York and it's going to have to be like EPG shows, you know, to build things up. We know Ultimate Girls Trip Thailand is coming soon. Um, And then on the other side of that is that Bravo have also just released a whole bunch of other non-Housewives shows that have gone back into the rotation. So there's like a whole new Below Deck. There's another new Below Deck that's starting. Um, There's Winter House. Like within the canon, the Bravo universe, there's a whole bunch of other shows that come because we're heading into, I guess, like the non-ratings period because it's almost the holiday season, right? And Miami, we'll get Miami as well. You know Miami is going to drop with the first four episodes on the first week. I better take leave. I'm going to need to take time off work. It's that simple. I mean, we're going to have to do, we're actually going to have to do like three bonus episodes because that's just a lot of content to have to get through. I think we'll figure it out. But um, we digress. We have definitely come to the end of this episode. Um, we'll, well, You'll be back next week. I won't be back next week. Are we taking a break? Have we decided what's happening next week? Decisions will be made. Decisions I mean, will be made. Well, you'll either hear us next week or you won't. So look out for that. I, I'm going to say that if it is back next week, it's just a deep dive on Potomac because Salt Lake City, unless it's given something, I don't know, like if it's even worth talking about. You know what? Slide into our DMs. We want to know, are you watching Salt Lake City? Are you enjoying it? If you are enjoying it, what are you enjoying about it? Like I'm genuinely curious. Please slide into our DMs on Instagram at from the lower level pod, from the lower level pod or one word. In the meantime, you can rate, review and subscribe to Yep, helps get the word out. Um, and we'll be back when we're back. Bye. Bye, Moshi. Bye, Patty. Bye.